we're in the middle discussing some time ago. When a person does a mitzvah, the lashon of the nefesh shachayim is he finds himself It's like he's sitting mamish in Gan Eden. He's protected by the Shkhila as if a person is protected, so to speak, by the level of Kedusha. And when a person is in that situation of doing a mitzvah, says, The Yetzirah has no option, no ability to have power over him and to stop him doing a mitzvah. When a person has a person pays attention to this, when he does the mitzvah, he'll feel in himself and understand that right now he's surrounded by a certain level of Kedusha. Bohem means, literally means he lives in them. Bohem says in the Shachayim, Inside them, a person is living in a mitzvah. How is it possible? He's surrounded by the kedusha of the mitzvah that he's doing. That's the second time he says this. He's surrounded by the air of Ganeden. What does that mean? So Rabbi says, explain a little bit about what the Hebrew is referring to. What's the idea of Ganeden? We spoke about in the Ikrim Badim. What's the idea of the trees of Ganeidin. We know that Ganeidin was made up of lots of trees. All different kinds of trees. Besides for the Eitzachai and the Das, which were in the middle of Ganeidin. But what there was in the Gan was all the different possible kinds of trees. And what's the side of the trees? So we said the Musuk of a tree is that it's not a staple that a person needs in order to live. What a person needs in order to live is grains, lechem, bread, water. You'll notice that all the staple grains, whether it's any of the five species we make a moitzi on, wheat, barley, whether it's rice, whether it's corn, you'll see three things for all of them. Number one, they don't have much of a color. They're all white or cream off-white. Number two, they aren't sweet. None of the gray, they're starches, they're not sweet. And number three, they don't have a, they don't have a specific, like a, a very strong smell. Flour, rice, corn, smell it, the flour you make out of it. They're staples. They're there for a person to eat. Compared to that, look at all the different kinds of fruits. Fruits have a strong color. Each fruit has its own color, but they all have strong colors. It would be hard for you to find a fruit which is like a, just plain white. There's no, there's no color, not the skin, not the shell, not the peel, nothing. Fruit has a strong smell and fruit has a strong taste. It's sweet. Naturally, what's sweet, what you find naturally what's sweet is fruit. Why? So I always say, the aside is what a person, what Hashem had to provide a person with in order to live, is grain. Fruit was an extra chesed. What Hashem makes for a person to enjoy. And therefore, the enjoyment is complete. 
it's an enjoyment of taste, it's an enjoyment of smell, enjoyment of sight, texture. And each fruit is different. The mashallah of Gan Eden is that all the different fruits are there. It's all the different kinds of hanah, all the different kinds of pleasure that Hashem creates in the world. And why there's so many types? The marshal of Ganadin is that every mitzvah a person does has its own reward. Not every mitzvah is rewarded the same way. Just like eating an apple and eating an orange and eating a mango and eating a grape are completely different feelings, tastes. Each one's its own hanah. So you won't understand. There's some level of hanah, spiritual hanah, that a person gets for putting on tefillin. There's a level of hanah he gets for saying Krishna. There's a level he gets for Birkas and They're all different. And the Muslim of the idea of the, of the trees and the fruit of Ganadin is the different rewards that a person gets for each mitzvah that he does. But now there's a second point to the trees of Ganadin. This we haven't spoken about before. Trees have fruits. Trees also have leaves. What's the mile of the leaves of the trees of Ganadin? The reward for doing the mitzvah is the fruit. What's the mile of the leaves? So listen to Gemara. So Gemara end above Metzi. I don't know if you haven't seen it yet. The Gemara says Rabbi Barabo is very poor, and Eliyahu Anavi wanted to help him. So it says he brought him into Ganadin. And Rabbi Barabo took his cards and he started gathering leaves from the trees of Ganadin. And he heard a bascal saying, who's trying to get the reward in this world? So he opened up his coat and he shook out all the leaves. But still, says the Gemara, the coats retained the fragrance of the leaves of Ganadin. And he sold it for a tremendous sum of money. I think it was 800 dinarium, I don't remember. A tremendous sum of money the Gemara said he sold it for. And he didn't want to use the money himself. He didn't want to use it for boss. So he gave it to his sons and to his students. Ad Khan the Gemara. And obviously the Gemara is trying to teach us something. What's this idea of gathering the leaves of Ganadin? What's the idea of the, the, the fragrance that it gave to the, his cloak? If it's raining there, why is he gathering fruit? Why leaves? So what's the matter of a tree? There's two matters to a tree. The one is the fruit, that's the hanah. That's the one reward a person gets for doing a mitzvah. The hanah, the pleasure for what he did, is what's called the paris. And that a person will enjoy in Olam in Ganadin. There's a second matter also. And that is, the tree provides leaves. And the matter of the leaves, the leaves give shade. The famous story at the beginning of Tainis, the traveler who was in the desert, he was hungry, he was thirsty, he was hot. He finds the tree and he eats from the fruit and he sits in the shade. He tells the tree, the second matter of the tree, the shade that it gives, the leaves are there to provide the shade. Protection. The second matter of the mitzvah, the Gemara says in Saita that the mitzvah, the time a person is doing a mitzvah, magnil masi, protects the person. Besides for the reward, the second matter of the mitzvah 
Because when a person does the mitzvah, it acts as protection. That's the leaves of Ganeidin. The leaves of the trees is the protection that the mitzvah gives. Rabbi Rabo, going back to our Gemara, which we wrote before, he went up to Ganeidin and he understood the fruit of the reward of Alam on the Shamas. He couldn't take that. He thought what he could take with him was the leaves. The protection that comes from from the mitzvahs. That's what the Mitzvah Shachim is talking about here. When a person does a mitzvah, he's protected by the Kedush of the mitzvah. He has that virid the Ganeidin. It's like he's in the atmosphere of Ganeidin. A mitzvah brings down to a certain level of kedusha, a certain level of spiritual protection. When a person is in the dasipo, when he's doing a mitzvah, it's is in a different atmosphere. Let's explain what this means a bit better. What was the idea of the leaves that Rabbi wanted to gather? Why would, why would that have helped him in this world? So if you understand the conversion explained the story it wasn't just about money. But he was poor and he needed to he was looking for something he could sell. There was more to it than that. What did he feel that he could gain from having seen or experienced Ganadin? If not the reward of Ganadin, then at least the level of Ganadin. At least the level of Ganadin. If, imagine if we could see Ganadin. So it even impact on a person. And that's what he wanted to take with him. That uh, bring him to a certain level of of ruchnius. That on that level he, he wouldn't have any more yetzara. He wouldn't have any more inclination to do the wrong thing. To take with him the protection that the Canadian gives. That's the, that's the marshal of the leaves. So what was the bascal which told him? Who wants to take the reward in this world? This is similar to the Nisayah that Adam Rishon had in Gan Eden also. And that is that if a person is living on that, so to speak, level, suddenly there's no money sign. There's no money sign. It's only here where a person doesn't see that clarity, so to speak. And he does confront this Yenis. And he has to do with the Yetzara. That makes the Nisayah which he has to overcome. But if a person's living if a person's living on the level of Ganadin, so to speak, so he says you want reward for this world, so then why are you taking with you the leaves of Ganadin? So his response was he he gave up on the option of taking with him, so to speak, that spiritual protection of Ganadin. But Pachalzas, just the experience of having been there was worth a lot. As it says that he gave it to his children and his students. He, you know, someone who let's say imagine today, someone who had come back from Ganadin and told us what he saw, so we'd all learn a lesson from it. So that's what Rabbi Barbara took from Ganadin. The, the experience of having seen the MS that clearly of what Ganadin is, that also leaves an effect on a person. So a person can experience this a little bit every time he does a mitzvah. It says Nef Shachayim, it brings down a level of Kedusha. And like we said, this is not the mice of the mitzvah. It's the intention to do the mitzvah. The intention. The kiddushana. The intention of the person is I want to do the mitzvah, that brings down a level of kiddush to the person. And in that, in that mindset, now he can do the mitzvah.
can we connect to this idea? Do we feel like when we do mitzvahs? When a person's doing a mitzvah, he's now in a different atmosphere. And he's detached from where he would normally be because he's doing a mitzvah. The answer to the question is, it depends how much how much we think about the mitzvahs we're doing. Like we saw last time. A mitzvah person does without thinking is yaitzeh. We saw the Nev Shechem. It's for sure yaitzeh. And he'll get reward in Shemayim for it. But is it going to bring down Kedusha? No. Kedusha comes from the Machshava that a person puts into what he's doing. And when a person has works through the stages of preparing himself mentally, emotionally, spiritually to do a mitzvah, so then yes, Bashar's mice is doing a mitzvah, then it's a different atmosphere. Let's think of one or two mitzvahs which we do prepare for. And you'll see that we do feel a certain kind of hisadus when we do the mitzvah. I'll give three or four common examples. I think everybody has more of their own. Number one is the Keshavah on Rosh Hashanah. The preparation in the yeshivas, even in the davening, the whole build up of the Keshavah, the seven times down the tzayach, the whole... When it comes to Keshavah, it's not a mitzvah person who's just doing agar. I'll just try to better listen to the shayfah. It comes with a certain amount of hachona and the person puts himself in the mindset of being here to be a chef. And yes, most people will tell you that Shas mindset to be but there's a certain atmosphere which is created. That's the condition we're talking about. Let us say that. It depends, again, maybe not for everybody, but normally. Let us say comes a lot of preparation, a lot of Kavana, a lot of intention of how to do the mitzvahs right. Or a person talk is sitting to the there I say that has a certain atmosphere. That's what we're talking about. So that's the one thing we saw here in Nefeshachim. And that is the mice of a mitzvah brings down with it a spiritual kayak. And that has the effect of bringing down Shafir, like we said, to every level as it comes down. The first and most tangible effect we see is the Kedusha it brings down. The result of the mitzvah, whether it's going to be more bracha, more a further opportunity to do the mitzvah, whatever it's going to be, is the second step. That comes from the action of doing the mitzvah. But the first step which comes down, and comes down right away, is when a person intends to do the mitzvah, so that sends up, so to speak, after the we spoke about, the chen we spoke about, uh, his, a person's intention to do a mitzvah, and it brings down with it the Kedusha which comes together with doing the mitzvah. Now, if we haven't seen it for ourselves, maybe if you've seen someone else who's t- who puts the time and the effort into uh, shaking the lulav, hadlakas neris, whatever it's going to be, and, uh, it brings down a sense of condition. I'm so correct. It's not that these misses which are seasonal. It's just because they come rainy, so a person naturally puts more effort into them. It could be you're putting on tzitzvidin every day. It could be saying bigger satara. Fine. Now the next one we're going to talk about, Arktama. And that is, we spoke about why is the person, why is the human being, the starting point which start, triggers the whole system on the way up and will bring down Shepherd back to where he is at the way down. Why does that have to be the person that starts that off? And we saw, because Hashem separated between the Shosh of the Neshama person, which is the top level, and the human being, his body, and his nefesh, which is the bottom level. And therefore, that has to be a chain which works from the bottom to the top. So the person's at the bottom, is 
Shoresh and Shamas at the top, and that creates the ability for a person to span all the ilamas, all the various levels. Now, is a person at the lowest level? No, he's not. No, he's not. A person is actually at the midpoint of the Bria. He's in the middle, exactly the center point of the Bria. The Kabbalah teaches us that compared to all the Ilamas of Kedusha, which are all above a person, from the Ilam of Kisya covered all the levels of Malachim, the world of Yitzbriya, Yitzir, Asiya, until the person, he's the lowest point of the Ilamas of Kedusha. But underneath him, there's a whole new series of Ilamas. The name we give it is the Ilam Atumu, the Ilam Atayu. And that all begins from under the person and tries to pull him towards the other side. The person is exactly in the middle. And therefore, right now we focus only on one side. The person's connection to Alamus of Kedusha and his ability to create change in Alamus of Kedusha by his maximum and bring down Kedusha to his level. And as far as that goes, he's at the very bottom. But what about all the Alamus on the other side? All the Alamus underneath the person. We call the Alamus of Tumah, the Alamus of whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. So if these are lower levels than a person, why doesn't the chain go down to there? Why doesn't it start right at the very bottom? On the lowest level of Tum? Why about the human being? So really, to answer this question, let's go back to Moshe's argument with the Malachim. When the Malachim said to Hashem, the Torah should stay in Shemaim. They didn't mean that the Shefa of the Torah shouldn't go down to people, or those people would die. They also understood that. What they meant was, let the change start with us. Why are you making everything dependent on people? People don't do such a great job. Let, let the, the, the change be totally and ask Malachim, and we'll be the ones to make things happen. And then when the Shefa goes down, it can go down to people also. Why do you want the Shefa to go, why do you want the change to start by people that it's up to them to cause everything to happen? They aren't so reliable people. And Moshe's answer was, that's the way the system has to work. It has to be that from the very lowest points, that's where it works up from, and that's where, that's where it has to come back down to. Okay. So we understand, people at the very lowest point, that's what starts from us. And now we ask, what about all the world of Tumah under a person? What about them? So really, this is part of the Nisayin of Adam Arisha. This is part of the Nisayin of Adam Arisha. Adam Arishan, now we're going to read the introduction first. Adam Arishan had no contact before the Chet, he had no connection to those worlds of Tumma. Adam Arishan was created at the, the, at the end of the world of Kedusha, the end of the chain of Kedusha, and he had nothing to do with the worlds of Tumma. As we know, when the snake came to entice him, it came from the outside. He didn't have any row within himself. So, what, how could Adam Arishan make a mistake? How could somebody who, perhaps, has no connection to Ra, and no temptation, and no yet Ra, how can he make a mistake? So, I'm just following what Ravdasla says, but many others say a similar idea. And that is, it's obvious that Adam Arishan's mistake wasn't a weakness, Al-Samida. Adam Arishan's mistake was an underst- a mistaken understanding. What do you think? He thought that like this, I can only attack in the worlds of time. I can only attack it from where, where I am and up. 
I don't need to do with anything underneath me. And therefore, if I want to attack in everything, I should really go down to the worlds of Ra and try to attack in them too. I should be able, uh, this way I can't uh, have no interaction with them, I don't understand them, I have nothing to do with them. But if I would go down to those levels, I'd be able to attack in them also. And if the principle is that a tikkun has to start from the lower step, so let me go down there. Let me go down to that lower step, to the world of Tumma, and then from there I'll try and attack in them. That was, uh, now, was it the right thing to do? No, I should have told him not to. How did the other Mauritian understand Hashem's instruction not to do that? He understood it as Pashat. Where you are now, don't don't go don't go lower. <coughs> if you do that, you're going to you're going to connect to the Lamas of Ra, don't do that. The Adam thought that if I think I'm strong enough and I can go and attack in the Lamas of Ra, I should try to do that. There were many other great people who thought similar things. I'll give you two examples. Two of the greatest names in Yiddishkeit. The first one was Moshe Rabbeinu. He had a similar machshava. What's this week's passion? When he took Kaisha of Mitzrayim, Vagam Erev Rav Ola Itam. He took a tremendous amount of goyim with him. An Erev Rav, a, mix, a mixture of all kinds of goyim, he decided to join Kaisha. How many were there? One major says as many as there were Jews. That's another 600,000 gerim. Another major says double the amount of Jews. That's 1.2 million gerim. That's a lot of people. And Hashem made on, we see in the Pasuk, Hashem said, I didn't want these people. Why did you take them? Hashem not told to bring an Erev to Megayar so many gerim. What is Moshe doing? What's the answer? If there's going to be the Kaisha was doing mitzvahs. Why should we stop with the Jewish people? Let's get everybody involved. Let's guy the world. Bring them all in. Somebody else. Another one of the greatest of Kaisha who thought the same idea. Shlema Melech. Shlema Melech had a thousand wives. All Goyish princesses that he converted. What was the... What was he trying to do? They wanted to have Jewish ladies to marry. No, Shlem was on a mission. He went, He felt himself as being the, in his time, the ruler of the world, which he probably was. He was Moshe Bukipa. And he thought, I can dominate all the various goyim and I can bring them back to Kedusha also. And the way he thought to do that was to marry the princess of each nation and make her a Jew. All three failed. Adam, we know what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu. The Erev became the source of Kaisal's Torahs all the way through the Midbar. The ones who made the Eglazov, the ones who kept complaining, whatever it was. And Shleim HaMelech, it says, that instead of him influencing his wives, they influenced him. Why? What's the Yusayi here, boys? We'll see it's inside, but the first time we spell it outside. What's the Yusayi? He said, it's, it's true, Hashem gave a person the world to metakin. Hashem gave a person the world to fix up and to bring to a level of Kedusha. That means from the level of a person and higher. That's what's there for us to fix up and that's our job. Our job is not to fix up the Olam of Ra. 
the world of Tumah, the world of the Sitra Akhar, the world of the Toya, which we call, that's not our job to fix up. In fact, it's not possible. It's not possible. We can't fix that world. Our job is to avoid that world. And to work on our world and fix what we can fix from here. The world of Tumah is there to drag our world down. And it's not something which you should have to fix. On the contrary. The Asid Lava, Hashem is going to destroy it. We know the Gemara says in Sukkah, the Asid Lava, Yaqadish Baruch is going to kill the Satan. And all the Kaychas of Ra which come with it, they're going to get destroyed. There's no Tikkun for the world of Ra. It's created in order to be a challenge to us. And when Mashiach comes, it will be destroyed. It won't be fixed. It will be destroyed. Anybody who tried to try and attack in the Ilamus of Ra wasn't successful. It's not something which can be fixed. And therefore, yes, the change starts with us. Because we the lowest level which has to work to, be, to correct, to perfect ourselves. Us and the world, and our world, which we're part of. That's the lowest level that there is, which is Shaykh Tikkun. That's the lowest world which is connected to that chain. That's what we have to fix, that's what we have to bring back up again. Are there worlds under us? Yes, there are. We're going to talk about the next. But those worlds aren't part of the chain. On the contrary, those worlds aren't Shaykh to Kedusha, and it's not, it's not possible for them to become part of Kedusha. The worlds of Tumah, which act as a way to drag a person towards them, and they're only there now to act as a challenge. The Asid Lava Hashem will destroy them. The Tikkun doesn't go to that level. And therefore the chain doesn't go there either. Our job is to attack in ourselves and the world we're in. That's the lowest reach, the Olamah the lowest reach of, so to speak, the chain of Kedusha, and that's what we have to work for. The level of the and this, which we're going to speak about next, we're going to see about Hashem, are only there to provide us with a challenge. The more we can avoid them, the better. Like I said, any attempt which has been made to try and perfect them also doesn't work. I'm going to finish this year, just the times I had with the Zahar. And the next time we'll see this one side. The Zahar says on the, in Pasha Shmini about the kosher animals and non kosher animals. It says an amazing thing. It says, the kosher animals, animals we're allowed to eat, are animals which come from the sitra, the, the tara. They're called tara animals, because they're coming from the connection to the world of tara. So by eating them, we can elevate ourselves and elevate them. The animals we can't eat is because the nefesh of those animals is coming from the sitra of tumah. And if that's the case, there's nothing for us to achieve by eating them. We're not going to bring them up. We can't. They're part of the side of tumah. And therefore the Torah says, don't eat them. It's not going to help you to eat them. It's not going to help them either. They aren't, uh, they aren't something which we can, so to speak, elevate in any way by eating them. They're connected to the side of Tumah. Separate from them. So, this is the Yisraelis we want to talk about today. Again, the first thing is the idea of the leaves of Ganeit and the protection that a mitzvah gives is the level of Kedusha which comes when a person does the mitzvah. That's even here. The reward for mitzvahs we don't have here. The protection of the mitzvah we can have in this world also. The hisalus, the feeling of doing a mitzvah. The fact when a person is doing a mitzvah he's protected from a virus, that we have here too. That's the first thing we spoke about. And the second thing we spoke about also from Ganadin is the, that the person is the lowest point of the chain of Kedusha. But that, that lowest point of the chain of Kedusha is the center point of the breath. It's the end of Kedusha, and either it's the middle point between Kedusha on the one side and Tum on the other. But that's the end of the chain, because our job is to connect ourselves and our world to Kedusha. What's lower than that doesn't connect to Kedusha. 
It doesn't, it can't. It's only that to put us the other way. And in the end, Hashem will destroy it. And then we're going to the next time. It's just like when a person does a mitzvah, how it connects into Kedusha. We're going to the next time, what pulls a person towards the world of Tumah and how a person does something wrong, that's what has an influence on him and how it brings him down.